Please enjoy this rebroadcast from June 2012. Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager. Today on 30 Minutes, we'll hear part one of Indigenous Authors Speak, a group of internationally and locally renowned voices who spoke in support of the Indigenous Alliance Without Borders, or Alianza Indígena Sin Fronteras. The Indigenous Alliance Without Borders is an intertribal advocacy human rights organization formed in 1997 to promote respect for indigenous rights, border rights of mobility and passage, environmental protection of Mother Earth, indigenous culture, and language. Their mission is to promote respect for indigenous people's human, civil, and sovereignty rights, to promote self-determination, rights of mobility and passage in crossing the U.S.-Mexico border, and environmental protection of native lands and sacred sites. In May 2012, indigenous authors presented their work to a full house at the Universalist Unitarian Church. This is just the beginning of a multi-part series. Up first on 30 Minutes, we hear a blessing from Indigenous Alliance Elder Jose Matus, renowned writer Simon Ortiz, and local youth from Tucson Poetry Slam and Hashan. Hello, welcome. Thank you all for attending uh, this evening. Um, now, to start things off, we will have a uh, prayer um, that will be um, conducted by Jose Matus. So I'll hand things over to him. Good evening. Can you better stand, please? Itom Achai Ola, we thank you for today that we have all these people that have joined us. We thank you for allowing us to be here today. That we have come together. We thank you for the indigenous speakers that have agreed to cooperate and work with us in this event. We thank you and bless all of these people that have joined us today. Bless the money that we will make today to help us with our project, Indigenous Alliance Without Borders, to promote respect for indigenous rights and justice. We thank you for everybody being here today, for their well being well. We leave these few words in your hands and the hands of all these people today. Thank you very much. Well, go on, see. How's everybody? Well, I'm glad to see so many people come to support and help with the uh, Alianza Indígena Sin Fronteras. Alliance is like collaboration. Alliance is like unity. Alliance is being whole. And we are whole when we are together as one people. And even though we may be many, many people, younger people, older people, and in-between people, we are always with each other. So thank you for coming. Now we have uh, another group of young people that are going to uh, 
share their, their, um, their wisdom and talent. And for that, I invite uh, Sarah Gonzalez to come and... Good evening. Uh, my name is Sara Gonzalez, and I am the Community Outreach Coordinator for the Tucson Youth Poetry Slam, otherwise called the Types. I've been doing that for the past year, but Types has been in existence for two years, um, started by Director Logan Phillips. And um, it's been a real honor to be part of it, and I'm excited to have three of our youth here tonight. They'll introduce themselves and perform a piece for you. I'm also excited to announce that uh, Team Types was the only youth slam team of, in Arizona selected to participate in Brave New Voices, which is an international poetry slam competition. So we'll be headed there in July. They work really, really hard. Um, so we do like to go out into the community. We also hold monthly slams at Bentleys, which are competitions, but we really like to be part of the community whenever we can be. So tonight we have uh, Sam Dominguez, Enrique Garcia, and Jose Martinez. Good evening. Uh, my name is Sammy Dominguez, and I'm a recent graduate of Tucson High School. I've been with the Types for both years, and this piece is called Caged Bird. If you let the wind tune the valves in your heart and listen to the music your kindness creates, you would know that we all have our bad days, but the birds in our chests have feathers full of sun to burn sorrow, to ignite passion. We are far more powerful when our hands hold compassion instead of fists full of anger. Forgiveness is impossible without love, and it is far easier to hate your brothers than it is to love them. Every war has told me so. There are ghosts burning in our mouths that I want to kiss away. Kiss your enemies. Hold your neighbor's hand like a wish. Love so bright that the sun could not hold a halo to human light, to human life. Listen to the wind singing in your ribs. Let the cage bend to the bird. Hi, um, I'm Jose Martinez. I'm a Sunnyside High School student, and I just recently got involved with Types like about a month ago. Here's my poem, it's called The Dreamer. The boy who had too many thoughts and not enough paper, so the ink spilt from his veins, marking his every battle scars, reminding him of every sleepless night, tinted with the color of his skin that taught him how to live. Poetry is life, therefore, it taught me how to spit. The boy whose mother was afraid of the people who would cringe their noses at the stench of frijoles and tortillas, staining his voice, hand-me-down shoes, hand-me-down clothes. The boy whose knees made love to the ground, rocking back and forth, callous pulling weeds from the mud he came from, his heart replaced by the sun beating on his neck. The boy who answered, yes, sir. No, sir, it wasn't me, sir. Took the clinging of his wrist, memorized every step, swallowed his right to remain silent and spit out a poet. The boy, who everyone swore they can help, told them everything would be okay. Hello, Child Protective Services, is this an emergency? No, it is not an emergency, just domestic violence, battery, and another broken home. No, it is not an emergency. 
The boy who beat himself with sticks and stones and found out that no matter how many times you tap the bruises, they will never sting more than words. The boy who was knocked down, picked himself up, dusted off the dirt, and realized that no matter how much soap he used, he will always be brown. The boy who looked down in the eyes and said no. The boy who wiped the sweat from his brow, mixed it with the tears on his paper as ink spilt from his veins, and used it to vow that the next time his knees touched the ground, it would be to kiss the earth because no matter how many stars he caught the earth will always be there to catch him when he falls the boy that no matter how much pain erases slurs he is still a dreamer the boy who found light and darkness and dreams of the day when his words will fly with birds in the night sky and got not guide not only boys but girls lost more than lost can be but found in their host fantasies and dreams the boy who despite his will has lost his mind and lost for words for a lost hope in the battle that seems to already have been lost the boy who brushed off his knees, picked up his arsenal of words, and said, I too have a dream. The boy who will continue a chant, si se puede, because no matter how Mexican, yes, you can. The boy who is too rude to introduce himself. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the boy who lived it and took every life lesson. The boy who took his color of his skin and let it teach me how to live. Poetry is life, therefore, taught me how to spit not only words, but love. Thank you. Yeah, give that up. That's, that's great. Uh, so my name is Enrique Garcia. I'm the youth organizer of the Types, Tucson Youth Poetry Slam. And I've been slamming for about, uh, I say, two, a year in, or so. And I just want to thank uh, the organizers of this for allowing us to kick some poems for you. And so uh, this one goes out to everyone here. We are descendants of the sun. We spit fire from our tongue and dance. Dance of a lava beats. African drums in the possession of chained hands playing chain chants. This is the passion the lava heats. Portuguese slaves sent to Veracruz, Tabasco, Quintana Roo, mixed his spices with native sugarcane, henceforth the term Afro. Mexican. Father of mine embraced you, ashamed, has no idea of such richness held in background, or rather, black brown. See, I jumped the border with feet that didn't know the Kambala, but when the coastal drum rhythms tangled in his short fro, El Salsa Jarabe poured slow as generations of the corn husk covering the Maseca. He and I are part of this diaspora. He and I are part of this exodus brown, cooked, dwelled, and over, toasted, roasted, burnt. I hear them say, but the way my mother put it, it's skin, kissed by the sun, blemished by the sun. Skin adapted from all that pure, all that beautiful to become its own. But living in such a society where brown should not be black and black should not be brown, I could honestly believe brown is the color of decay. Brown is the color of ignorance. But believing that my roots are the root of poverty, despair, and sin in its own way. Fathom equation is poverty, despair, and sin. If anything like black is beautiful, like black is pure, brown is a mixture, brown is elegant, brown is social irrelevance of beauty rising over windshut negligent. That spells brown, and without brown hands, the green tomatoes, the red tomatoes, the orange oranges will stay forever seeds without brown lands. This green economy is devalued like every president stamped on each bill. And I know for a fact that children of such seeds and suits, seeds and roots, are to one day replant the tree, taking from its roots, taking from its origin, to sprout wherever it's needed. 
I am a descendant from the sun. I spit fire from my tongue. I dance over lava beats. Suiting these drums in my heart beat. Astic choreographics in my movement. I'm with the moon and sky align. I'm with the sun meets the horizon. I am. A.M. Wow, wasn't, wasn't that great? Those youth. Real good. We still have one more youth to go. Chucho? Colita, yo, I'm not the youth as much as I would like to be. I wanted to be up here to um, just say good evening to everybody. Colita, yo, no toca Chucho. Um, just recently, I was fortunate enough to go out and, and visit uh, Hashan Preparatory and Leadership School. And um, it's amazing. I was blown away um, the moment that I got there and seen what they were doing there. And uh, it's truly one of the treasures that we have in our community. And tonight we have a, a student representative that, that's gracing us with her presence. So I want to say thank you and, and help welcome uh, Darian Francisco. Francisco. Good evening. My name is Darian Francisco, and I'm a senior at Hashan Preparatory and Leadership School. And this is a poem I wrote a couple years ago, and I still have it. It's titled, The Place I Know. In the depth of the desert, in the heart of the southwest, where beauty is seen clearly in the sunrise and sunset, where the mountains stand peaceably tall and strong, where the night stars are visible from evening till dawn, where the only sounds you hear is that of an elder speaking, a dog barking, or the wind talking, where breezes embraced, feel the coolness touch your face. Gone away from my home, take me back to the place I know, because this time spent away is harder than letting go. Thank you. You've been listening to Indigenous Authors Speak, a presentation to benefit Indigenous Alliance Without Borders, held in May 2012 at the Unitarian Church. We just heard local youth from Tucson Youth Poetry Slam and Hashan. Up next on 30 Minutes, more with Jose Matus, Simon Ortiz, and poet Natalie Diaz. Good, 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 good. So how's everybody feeling? Good. Remember, we have food here, you know. We were going to serve uh, Indian steaks. But we said, no, they're going to, they're going to complain. He said, oh, this is only bologna, you know, so. So we get, we got the Derechos Humanos Promotoras to fix us up some food, and they're there to, to help us out too. So, you're hungry, get a burrito or something to drink. So now I'll turn it over to my friend Simon Ortiz to uh, come and uh, start the program with uh, the indigenous speak, authors, speakers. Simon? Thank you, and Guati again. Words and stories, they are the power in our life. So with that, I want to introduce a writer who I recently met during the Tucson Festival of Books uh, that was uh, several months ago. And I felt that her poetry was so, uh, so powerful that uh, uh, she had to be part of this uh, event. Natalia Diaz is a member of Gila River Indian community. She was born and raised in the Fort Mojave Indian village in Needles, California. Her first book of poetry, When My Brother Was an Aztec, was published by Copper Canyon 
Press this April, and it is fantastic. Her fiction and poetry have been published in the Iowa Review, Best of the West uh, Anthology, The Speed Chronicles, Narrative Magazine, North American Review, Black Renaissance Noir, and others. Natalie lives in Mojave Valley, Arizona, where she directs a language revitalization program and works with the last Mojave speakers at Fort Mojave. So please, let's welcome Natalie Diaz. Fort Mojave, Manchidum, Amichitanum, Iwanjahotan, Evakidum, Mevachkom, Kora, Nyayuknav. Estoy feliz de estar aquí esta noche brillante con mis compañeras y compañeros y mis maestros. But it's really good for me to be here. You know, Again, I follow Simon with language, and I know language is really important for a lot of us here, um, whether it's the Spanish language or our indigenous languages. Um, and, you know, I, it's something that if, if we have it, I think we need to use it, and that's something we say at Fort Mojave. So it's important for me to be able to come up here and, and speak Spanish, which is my, my father's language, and then to speak Mojave, which is the language of, of my mother's community. And uh, last time I was here, I, I read a poem. And usually I try not to repeat poems that I read. But after hearing um, en Enrique, I think he read about hand-me-downs. So I know all about hand-me-downs. So I have a poem. It's called Hand-Me-Down Halloween. So I'm going to read this one for him. Hand-Me-Down Halloween. The year we moved off the reservation, a white boy up the street gave me a green trash bag, fat with corduroys, bright collared shirts, and a two-piece Tonto costume, turquoise thunderbird on the chest, shirt and pants, the color of my grandmother's skin, reddish brown, my mother's skin, brown, red skin. My mother's boyfriend laughed, said now I was a fake Indian. Look at her now, your Indian girl is a fake Indian. My first Halloween off the reservation, white Jeremiah told all his white friends that I was wearing his old costume. A hand-me-down? I looked at my hands. All them whites laughed at me, called me half-breed, threw Tootsie Rolls at the half-breed me. Later, darker in the night, at White Jeremiah's front door, trick or treat, I made a good little engine, his father said. Now don't you make a good little engine. He gave me a Tootsie Roll. More night came, darker, darker. Mothers gathered their white kids from the dark. My dark mother gathered empty cans while I waited to gather my white kid. I waited to gather White Jeremiah. He was the skeleton walking past my house, a glowing skull and ribs. I ran and tackled his white bones in the street. His candy spilled out like a million pinto beans. 
asphalt tore my brown red skin knees. I hit him harder and harder, wider and harder. He cried for his mama. I put my fist me downs again and again and down. He cried for that white. She came running. She swung me off him, dug nails into my wrist, pulled me to my front door, yelled at her white kid to go wait at home. Go wait at home, Jeremiah. Mama will take care of this. She was ready to take care of this, to pound on my door, but no, trick or treat, my door was already open. And before that white could speak or knock or put her hands down on my door, my mother told her to take her hands off off of me. Take hands off my girl. My mother stepped or fell toward that white. I don't remember what happened next. I don't remember that white mama leaving, but I know she did. My mother's boyfriend said, well, Kimosabi, you ruined your costume. Well, Kimosabi, you f***ed up your costume. My first Halloween off the reservation, my mother said, maybe next year you can be a little Tinkerbell or something. Now go get that white boy's candy. It's in the road. <laughs> the worst part, though, is that that guy's an EMT now at home, so... I won't be calling 911 anytime soon. Um, this next poem is an abecedarian, so it's a, a form poem. So the first letter of each line, um, it'll start with A, B, and it'll go down consecutively with the alphabet. But the title also has every letter in the alphabet in it. Abbasidarian requiring further examination of Anglican seraphim subjugation of a wild Indian reservation. We had to spell res with a Z on that one. Angels don't come to the reservation. Bats, maybe, or owls, boxy, mottled things, coyotes, too. They all mean the same thing, death. And death eats angels, I guess, because I haven't seen an angel fly through this valley ever. Gabriel? Never heard of him. Know a guy named Gabe, though. He came through here one powwow and stayed. Typical Indian. Sure he had wings, jailbird that he was. He flies around in stolen cars. Wherever he stop, kids grow like gourds from women's bellies. Like I said, no Indian I've ever heard of has ever been or seen an angel. Maybe in a Christmas pageant or something. Nazarene Church holds one every December, organized by Pastor John's wife. It's no wonder Pastor John's son is the angel. Everyone knows angels are white. Quit bothering with angels, I say. They're no good for Indians. Remember what happened last time some white god came floating across the ocean? Truth is... If there are angels up there living on clouds or sitting on thrones across the sea, wearing velvet robes and golden rings, drinking whiskey from silver cups, we're better off if they stay rich and fat and ugly and exactly where they are, in their own distant heavens. You better hope you never see angels on the res. If you do, they'll be marching you off to Zion or Oklahoma or some other hell they've mapped out for us. <laughs> And then I'm going to read one more. I played um, basketball for a long time. That was like one of the things that kind of saved me at home was 
was basketball. So um, the top 10 reasons why Indians are good at basketball. Number one, the same reason we are good in bed. It's, tr it's true, ask around. Number two, because a long time ago, Creator gave us a choice. You can write like an Indian god, or you can have a jump shot sweeter than a 44-ounce can of commodity grape juice, one or the other. Everyone but Sherman Alexi chose the jump shot. Three, we know how to block shots, how to stuff them down your throat, because when you say shoot, we hear Howitzer and Hotchkiss and Springfield Model 1873. Four, when Indian ballers sweat, we emit a perfume of tortillas and pine saw floor cleaner that works like a potion to disorient our opponents and make them forget their plays. Five, we grew up knowing there is no difference between a basketball court and church. Really, the Nazarenes hold church in the tribal gym on Sunday afternoons. The choir belts out in the sweet by and by from the low block. Six, when Walt Whitman wrote the half-breed straps on his light boots to compete in the race, he really meant that all Indian men over age 40 have a pair of vintage Air Jordans in their closets and believe they are still magic enough to make even the largest Kamad bod able to go coast to coast and finish a layup. Seven. Indians are not afraid to try sky hooks in real games, even though no Indian has ever made a sky hook. No Indian from a federally recognized tribe, anyway. But still, our shamelessness to attempt sky hooks in warm up strikes fear in our opponents, thus giving us a mental edge. Eight. On the court is the one place we will never be hungry. That net is an emptiness we can fill up all day long. Nine. We pretend we are playing every game for a Pendleton blanket, and the MVP gets a Mashantucket Pequot-sized per capita check. 10. Really, though, all Indians are good at basketball because a basketball has never been just a basketball. It has always been a full moon in this terminal darkness. The one taillight in Jimmy Jack Talcan's gray Granada cutting along the back dirt roads on a beer run. The creator's heart that coyotes stole from the funeral pyre, cursing him to walk alone through every coral dusk. It has always been a fat gourd we sing to, the left breast of a Mojave woman, three Budweiser's into Saturday night. It will always be a slick, bright bullet we can sling from the three-point arc with five seconds left on a clock in the year 1492. And as it rips down through the net, our enemies will fall to their wounded knees with torn ACLs. Thank you. Thank you to Natalie. That was poet Natalie Diaz, one of the many authors who spoke at Indigenous Authors Speak in a benefit for Indigenous Alliance Without Borders. This has been part one of a multi-part series. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. This event was originally recorded in May 2012 and aired in June 2012. Recent episodes can be found on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org.